The first part of the reading is by Jacob Needleman. Money is energy. It is the main moving force of human life. Our relationships to nature, to health and illness, to education, art, social justice, all these are permeated by the money factor. In other times and culture, money did not play this role. But there has always been the same play of forces. What has changed is the medium through which forces have flowed. In some cultures, the currency, that is to say, the medium, has been land or livestock or human slaves or a natural substance such as water or salt or iron or even ideas and symbolic forms such as beauty and honor. Walk into any museum, study any good book of history, or look at any ancient document, and you will see that humanity has always put its main energy into one or another kind of substance or form. Our task is to search for something far greater while participating rightly and truly in the energy within our midst. The second part of the reading is by Michael Durrell. Let me just ask, has Michael ever spoken here at People's Church? You would know it if he had been here. Michael is among the sages, gadflies, provocateurs who has been orbiting around our movement for probably two decades. And he has four or five books out now which are, well, shall we say, um, somewhat counter to some of the party lines. Anyway, um, I'll read just a, a short snippet from one of Michael's books. The UU Church of the Future will be unrecognizable from any UU Church of today. <clears throat> Yet this church is key to our survival as a movement. It's the only church that will ever create the multicultural congregation which has forever eluded us. <clears throat> this church will draw on religious sources that UUs have not considered and in fact have scorned. Yet these sources will be a wellspring of renewed religious faith. They will bring about a revival of Unitarian Universalism that we have yearned for since our heyday in the 19th century. Are you ready for the UU Church of Tomorrow? Here we go. This is just a little part of it. These churches are likely to be located in warehouses or other commercial sites. The people who come to these churches will be of all ages. Places will be noisy and boisterous, full of excitement and energy. Services will be highly participatory. People will stand close together, sing loudly, perhaps have their arms around one another's shoulders. The music will be jazz, blues, rock and roll. It will be live, performed by first-rate professional musicians. Lighting will be colorful and dramatic. Services will last, get this, two or three hours. 
And after the service, people will share a meal together prepared by a high-quality caterer. Potluck will be a relic of the past. He goes on. And that's enough of that. Anyway, if you want to be provoked, I recommend Michael Doral. A member of my previous congregation, describing the nuances of our life together as you use, wrote this description. The image, style, and fluidity of Sunday services could never be written into bylaws. The shape of Sunday mornings will continue to be an exquisitely wrought mirror created by all those in the congregation, singing, listening, laughing, crying, or dozing. An exquisitely wrought set of mirrors, or prisms, or perhaps a chandelier, reflecting and refracting light into rainbows of splendor. My home state of Kansas is bedecked with sunflowers, which, as we know, are heliotropic. That is, they turn toward the light, toward sources of energy. And this principle also applies to healthy churches such as ours. We orient toward and respond most creatively toward strengths, enthusiasms, and passions. We grow in the direction of what we persistently yearn for, that which we choose to turn to face will determine what we will become. And that's what stewardship is. It is focusing upon and aligning toward passions, enthusiasms, sources of energy. That's what today is about. And so, what is your passion? What do you really care about? An intriguing question. Consider this fictional letter by Garrison Keeler, written to an advice columnist. Dear Mr. Blue, I'm a sports writer from Northern California, now living in the Midwest. My once happy social life hit a losing streak. There was the recent divorcee who sent me dirty emails after our first date. And she called me baby on our second date. And then there was the lanky Russian emigre turned redneck. There was the voluptuous bartender who jumped me on our first date and then disappeared when I told her I'm not that kind of person. What's to be done? Move back west? Should I quit dating? Signed, Gathering Dust. And here's the reply. Dear Gathering, you are hanging out in the wrong place. Maybe in a sports bar with a giant screen TV and free stale popcorn with that yellow napalm topping. You've encountered a covey of aggressively needy women who need to throw themselves at men in order to distract them from the Bears game. Try a new location, like the Unitarian Church. There is not a redneck in the bunch. <coughs> Unitarian women are sexy, but they're also incredibly thoughtful and sensitive and passionate about ethics. They won't try to jump you on the first date. They will want to first know how you feel about economic justice. <laughs> they are not voluptuous. They are not voluptuous because they are often fasting in protest of something or other. <laughs> and when they're not fasting, they eat things made from tofu and exotic mushrooms. 
you will need to learn to folk dance and to sit through lectures on American foreign policy by speakers from third world countries, but this is a small price to pay for happiness. If you can't find the Unitarians, try Methodists. They're basically Unitarians who are trying to pass for Christian. <laughs> so what's your passion? Our predecessor, Mr. Emerson, wrote, Every great and commanding moment in the triumph of human endeavors represents enthusiasm. So whatever you choose to give your time and loyalty and energy toward, do it with enthusiasm. Now, passion doesn't mean flashy exuberance, turning up the volume, disco lights, photoshopping. That's not passion. Passion is anchored in the human heart. The passions that serve as the pacemakers for your life and mine require neither boisterous fanfares nor accolades of approval. Passions that make a difference often happen off stage, away from spotlights. <clears throat> in downtown Chicago, in a decaying neighborhood off Roosevelt Avenue, there's a mom-and-pop cafe. Taped onto its windows are cardboard posters frayed around the edges, announcing a menu that has never changed for decades. The wooden tables have graffiti chiseled into their edges. The lighting is bad. The service is bad. The coffee, even when freshly made, tastes like the chef must have washed his socks in the urn. The only thing this cafe has going for it is that it's open all night. And it was to this all-night cafe that a young minister named Bill Hybels brought a ragtag band of young adult volunteers every Wednesday night. <clears throat> Bill was developing a ministry to inner-city high school kids. He gathered volunteers, each of whom spent a dozen or so hours weekly in the ghettos of human despair. Let's listen in on some of the conversations at this all-night cafe. Suzanne, your work in the maternity clinic in Lawndale matters enormously. Yes, the voices of hate threaten you, but you bring a generous heart. Hang in there. It makes a difference. You're not crazy. Howard, you're teaching carpentry to kids at the rec center in Hyde Park. We're right with you. We'll get for you the resources you need. You're showing these kids who've been deceived and exploited by one adult after another. You're showing them that you care for them and you will stand by them. No matter how slowly they learn, no matter how they might act out toward you, we're with you. You're not crazy. Rebecca, you've brought your artistic imagination to kids whose only experience with art is with spray paint. You're showing them that creativity can enrich rather than defile. We're with you. You're not crazy. Around the table, it continues every Wednesday night. The hopeful, the burned out, the disillusioned. Sharing a makeshift kind of communion of greasy onion rings and lukewarm coffee. <clears throat> and saying to one another, tell us your stories, tell us your passion, stay with it. You're not crazy. Friends, we're at a turning point here at People's Church. 
If ever the voices of our UU faith are needed amidst landscapes of extremism, now is surely the time. And so as our stewardship campaign moves through the month of March, in your conversations during coffee hour and small groups and elsewhere, I would ask you to bring to each other just two questions. Here are the two questions. Number one, what do you care most deeply about? Number two, tell me about a time when you functioned at your best. Those are the two questions. What do you care about? When were you at your best? Why these two questions? Because we are like sunflowers. We turn toward the light, toward what energizes us. The reality of this church and every healthy church is reshaped by what folks dream about and turn toward. So those are my two suggested questions for the month of March and beyond. What's your passion? When are you at your best? In return, let me make a promise in return for all those of us in leadership roles. And this reflects what Christian promised a few moments ago about what he and Jennifer will do when they bring, when you bring to them your passions about music and participating. Here's my promise on behalf of the leadership of the church. We promise to hear and value what you care about, to be alert for others whose passions align with yours, to seek meaningful opportunities where your passions can make a difference, to provide you with resources to build teams, to offer encouragement when the going gets rough, and when your work ends, to thank you and celebrate accomplishments. That is my promise, which I can confidently make on behalf of the church leadership. Tell us, what's your passion? Notice, I haven't said, pledge generously. I haven't said it because I don't need to. Because whenever passion and enthusiasm are the pacemakers, the energy and money will be there. And this is the crucial difference between finance and stewardship, both of which are essential, but they're different. Finance asks the question, how shall we make the numbers line up? Stewardship asks, what's your passion? You've got to do both, but they're different. Saddle your dreams before you ride them, wrote Howard Thurman. That's our task this month. Saddling our dreams. <clears throat> Energizing and underwriting what matters most to us. Such actions will bring us face-to-face -face with what Howard Thurman calls the hard facts of the world before we can ride them off among the stars. A concluding note, and then I will invite Daryl and Julie to the front. On the Yorkshire coast of northeast England, in the city of Scarborough, there's a Unitarian church. And above the church entrance, there's a sign upon which words are written that might well be ours. And I want to close with these words from our Unitarian friends 4,000 miles away. This is my church. We make it what it is. I want it to be a church that is a lamp leading people to goodness, truth, and beauty.
It will be if I am. It will make generous gifts to many causes if I am a generous giver. It will bring other people into its services and its community if I bring them in. It will be friendly if I am. It will be a church of loyalty, of fearlessness and faith if I am filled with these as well. Therefore, I shall dedicate myself to the task of being all of these things that I want my church to be. End of quote from Scarborough, England. Let me now invite Julie and Daryl to share their affirmations of the best of people's church. Hi, again. Uh, <laughs> um, growing up at People's Church has given me a unique outlook on life. In elementary school, I learned about cultures on the other side of the world and right next door that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, in middle school, I was prompted to look into myself to begin to discover who I am as a person. Now, in our high school program, YRUU, we are discussing common values and what they really mean. This guidance has given me a kickstart on life, and I know that I would not be the same person I am today if not for the dedication of so many of the members here who taught me such wonderful things. It was People's Church that taught me to have compassion for people I never met, and it was People's who encouraged my natural curiosity for life. Honestly, when I was asked to speak this morning, I had a hard time thinking of exactly what I would say. That's how much the experiences here are ingrained into me. I am excited now to become a member and to be able to give back to the community that gave me so much. Thank you to all of you, and I hope to continue to see you in the years to come. So I wanted to speak a little bit for, uh, as a, from the perspective of a board member uh, this morning, and um, I know a lot of you know me up here on Sunday mornings, but um, I was on the board last year, and uh, last year was a little bumpier than normal, although we, we were okay, uh, but I think a lot of folks in leadership um, got a little tired. Uh, the year kind of ended on kind of an anxious, uh, stressed out kind of note. And I want to tell you just a quick story of what happened because the board uh, decided to have a, a retreat in, in August. And uh, we met at Christina Cusimano's house in her garage. It was awesome. It was a beautiful day, and uh, Reverend Dave was there. And um, what happened that day literally kind of rebooted the whole experience of being in leadership at People's Church for me. It demonstrated the incredible integrity and honesty of the leaders that you may not always see working because we do that when you're not here. And um, it made me very, very proud uh, to be a part of this church and engendered an amazing amount of trust uh, that has continued for me all year in uh, the leaders of People's Church as well as all of you, as everyone, the volunteers, the staff, our interim minister. I'm very, very proud of what happened that day because I think it, it, it demonstrated just how great our UU values are. And um, that kind of trust is not something we can take for granted. It doesn't happen in every organization 
uh, and it certainly doesn't happen in every church. The other thing I just wanted to say is that we need to remember that people's church is much more than a building. It's much more than a religious affiliation. People's church is a community of many wise leaders um, and uh, people whose work extends beyond these walls and beyond the Kalamazoo community. I know that when my partner and I support people's church, we are supporting that powerful and forward-thinking work. Um, I'm aware that what happens here on Sunday morning inspires us and informs the kind of work that we do beyond these walls. And that's the thing I want to give uh, my money to. Um, that's the thing that I really be- that believe that uh, religion best does in the world. And I also think that that's what music best does in the world, too. It inspires us um, to make the world a better place, literally, uh, and a more peaceful place. Um, I believe that this church really is a beacon of love and hope, and that it inspires the kind of change that I believe in. Um, So I will continue to share my bread for the journey in this coming year, and I hope you will as well. Thank you so much, (laughs) Daryl and Julie. In just a moment, the morning offering for the work of People's Church will be given and gratefully received. And as we begin the offering, I'm going to invite Christian to come back to the microphone for a second and perhaps to introduce your colleagues in this close harmony barbershop quartet who will be bringing music to us. Christian, say a word about your uh, colleagues and the music. Yeah. One of my passions is barbershop harmony. And I've been singing for about 10 years now. Um, so, so Jennifer asked me um, about a week ago, we need something for next week, today. Um, can you get a quartet together? And I, I, I said, yes. <laughs> so I called my, my good friend Don, and he found two other gentlemen who I found out yesterday they all drove from Ohio this morning just, just to be here and sing. Yeah. Just to sing one song. To sing one song for you. Um, and, it's, and it's because they have a passion. And it's because they love what they do. And they love it no matter who they are, what they do. Um, and I think that's amazing. Um, and it, they don't have to be barbershoppers. Um, to love music or to love singing or whatever. Um, so I think, I think it, it, it really goes with what uh, Reverend Dave was saying. Um, if, you, if you really love what you do, it can happen no matter what. So I please welcome um, Corey Richmond, Don Slamka, and Jim Hartman. I have never sung with them before. So I have the music, and I, I didn't even meet uh, Corey and Jim until this morning. Never, never met them in my life, never sung with them. So, um, but that's, that's the wonderful thing, is that it, it happens no matter what. So, yeah. One, two, three. 
I've told all my troubles goodbye, goodbye, goodbye to each tear and each sigh. For this world where I roam cannot be my home. I'm bound for a land in the sky. I walk and I talk with my Lord, and I feast every day on His word. Heaven is near, and I can't stay here. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Weep for me when I'm gone, cause I won't have to leave here alone. One morning when I hear that last trumpet sound, my feet won't stay on the ground. I'm gonna rise with a shout, gonna fly. I'm gonna ride with my Lord through the sky. Heaven is near and I can stay here. Goodbye.